from the red and black, this is the front page. It's Monday, June 29th. On today's episode, we're taking a look at this year's eventful Pride Month. June is usually a month to commemorate the Stonewall Uprising and the Supreme Court's decision to legalize same-sex marriage. But with a nationwide fight for racial justice and COVID-19 safety concerns, this year's Pride Month looks a little different. On today's edition of The Front Page, we're looking into the topic of intersectionality. What does it mean to be Black and LGBTQ plus during this year's Pride? We spoke to two Black LGBTQ plus students at the University of Georgia about the current nationwide protests, Pride Month celebrations, and what they expect as they go into the fall. I am originally from Barstow, California, and I am a student at the University of Georgia. Chris is a black trans UGA student who took a year off of school to do activism work. He does graphic design work for the Democratic Party of Georgia, for Fair Fright with Stacey Abrams, and for the United Campus Workers of Georgia. He's also been participating in the recent protests for racial justice around Athens. I asked Chris where LGBTQ identifying people fit into that fight. I've always been like an advocate for black people, um, all black people. I would like to make that very clear. Like since I've like come into my activism, when I say all black people, I do mean all. And even before I came into the realization of my own identity, it was very clear in the queer community and in the black community, there was like this kind of concentrated hatred um, toward being black and queer at like the same time. So there are a lot of African-American people who have homophobic beliefs. And then there's a lot of gay people who are just racist. So even like being in those spaces is kind of like difficult. But honestly, and Angela Davis said this, and I'm so glad she did. She talked about not, she talked about a lot about how she ended up leaving the Black Panthers because they were so misogynistic and so, so like prejudiced in their own way. And she didn't want to be a part of it. And so even as I advocate for myself as a black and queer person, I'm beginning to realize that the intersection of people who really care about my issues is very, 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 very small. And it's usually me speaking up for myself and like a small group of other people. And so when you know you have white gays and you know you have home for my black people, it's just finding that community of people, finding Mm -hmm. comfort in that, and then going out and saying what you have to say anyway. Because you're probably just going to have to go out and say those things alone. <laughs> and have you found a community of people in Athens who support that intersectionality fully? Um, I have. I have learned recently, though, that there are a lot of people who, a lot of, like, white liberals who are receptive to being, to be under, like, black queer leadership. And again, Angela Davis, my girl, said that trans people were going to be instrumental in like this process of abolishing the police because trans people have just know how to live their lives outside of a system that we think we need trans people just already know how to just not be with gender even though people think the whole world is going to break if you don't and that's the same thing with the police people think the whole world's going to break if the police are gone but it won't what do you expect as you go back to uga in general and also um coming back after the summer of like COVID-19 and um, all these, all the protests. Yeah, it's definitely been a crazy year in between the time that I've taken my, 
for this to have been the gap, my gap year, it's definitely been crazy. I, even though I'm not a part of any specific organizations on campus, I do often do like organizing uh, activist work. Like I was very heavily involved with the Blue Ball Coalition last year, um, which I'm kind of happy to see that that's coming to the forefront again. Um, so I would like to spend this fall bringing that messaging back, bringing those demands. And since everyone is paying attention, like since we're talking about renaming these buildings, since we're talking about UGA's racist history, uh, let's talk about how that history perpetuates itself. Let's start talking about workers' rights and workers' ra- wages and things of that nature. And so I guess my hope is just to start facilitating more of these conversations in the fall and being able to utilize the energy that so many people have right now to get some tangible things done at UGA once and for all. So my name is Marquand Norris. Um, I am from a small town called Fitzgerald, Georgia in South Georgia. It's right outside of Tipton, Georgia. Um, I am a student at the University of Georgia. I am double majoring in public relations and communication studies, and I'm anticipated to graduate May of 2021. So I guess I'm a fourth year. I'm a senior right now. Mark identifies as a black gay man. I asked him about his thoughts on this year's Pride Month. This is Pride Month, and so what does this month mean to you usually, if it means anything at all? And how have the protests just, and all, everything happening in the news with racial justice, how have they affected Pride Month for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so Pride Month is just this huge symbol of accepting who you are as a person. Um, I believe Pride Month is one of those months where where everybody just simply, it's, it's all about community in the end. Everybody accepts each other in the end, and everybody marches with each other side by side. Um, admittedly, though, I've never been to a Pride Month, um, a Pride March um, in my life. However, I wanted that to change this year, but with COVID-19 and everything, it's probably not the safest bet. <laughs> However, this month, um, I believe Pride is really amplified just due to all the injustice going on. Um, based off the fact that Pride was started um, by black trans women or black and brown queers and LGBT people that were at the forefront of all of this protest and everything in New York City. The New York movement he's talking about are also known as the 1969 Stonewall Riots. These protests started the modern gay rights movement when a police raid in a New York gay bar prompted a group of people to riot and protest for LGBTQ equality. Black trans women and other black LGBTQ plus activists helped spearhead these riots. One of those women was Marsha P. Johnson, a black trans woman who is well known for her activism. Mark said that in some classes at UGA, he's been the only black person. He talked about having to educate people about the black and queer experience when people didn't know, or when something happened that didn't sit quite right with him. For example, I'm not going to dive into anything too specific, but a particular um, involvement that I was involved in had this racial mishap or whatever where the people um, basically did, it wasn't blackface or anything, but it was basically blackface without the blackface because it was like a Halloween party and we were coming in as different tropes and everything. And Mm -hmm. um, they decided to basically um, be a caricature of rappers. But it's like you can tell just like the racially based, you know, motivation. They came in with low chains and jerseys and everything like that. 
they act in a particular way. And a lot of people within the organization, just a black people, um, mad, were just not comfortable. So thing is, I have to take the um, initiative to actually start a diversity panel and sit them down and actually educate everybody as to why I was wrong and everything like that. Um, but that was just one of the things that were, was expected as, like, the black guy in the group. And, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, I wish people would be educated more about this topic that revolves around racism like that. You know what I mean? It's definitely important. It's so important. It's just super exhausting. Um, I think that people... Okay, so number one, people aren't going to learn unless they want to learn. Mm-hmm. That's a really big thing that I've had to come to terms with. A lot of people are just very, very blissful within their ignorance. And if they are, it's probably to benefit them to some degree. And there's nothing I can really change about that. However, I am a very huge advocate of actually educating the people that you're trying to, um, I don't know, debate with or oppose. Um, I took interracial communications. Well, number one, I'm a communications studies student, so of course I think education is important, but, but I took interracial um, communication, which helped me specialize on how to navigate these sort of conversations that revolve around race, in particular whenever it comes to white people, so I can actually educate people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm definitely, I do believe that people don't understand better until somebody takes the time to actually like meet them and see them and then educate them formally. However, the whole process of seeing somebody and connecting with them on a particular level or sympathizing with them on a particular level where they can see you as a human being as well and then educating them about the you know treatment of black people or the injustice against trans people, whatever it may be, is very exhausting if they don't understand that perspective that you have because in in the end it's all an experience you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like whatever everything that we go through as black queer people or you know whatever it may be um brown trans women it's all experience that people can't fathom unless they're in your shoes and until they're in your shoes it's probably hard to get garner that like complete undying support because they don't understand the things that you go through and that's the hardest part about it because empathy and people just like empathy um (laughs) people like the ability to put themselves in other people's shoes and actually feel the fear or feel the uncertainty that they have each day and that was the front page the front page is a production of the red and black publishing company this episode was co-produced by kira posey and jerry liang the front page is sponsored by the cox institute for journalism innovation management and leadership Thanks for listening and have a great week.